Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Sid. And, and this, this is, is the Book Boyfriend Project. So today is the second episode on Sid's portion of the YA Rewind series, and we are continuing with the Twilight Saga, which means this episode is obviously going to be about New Moon, which I'll, I'll just let you guys in. This is my least favorite book, and I just I don't understand why it was a thing, and obviously, like, I get it. Edward's like, oh, woe is me, and blah, 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 but it was better than Twilight, but not much. It not is, by much. It is a necessity to finish the story, although sometimes I feel like you could just take it out, and it would still make sense. It kind of just, like, offshoots, like, the entire thing, and it's just out there, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. It was, it was kind of difficult to read for, like, 60% of the book. Yeah. So we're going to hop into my first little check-in. I did do check-ins at every 25% marker within the book, um, except for the last one because, again, I finished it today. So we're just going to chat about it and my and reactions to the finale and all of that. So let's hop into the first check-in. All right, you guys, we're back for New Moon, and I'm a little over 25%. I'm at about 30% of the way through the book right now, and shocking. <laughs> Bella is irritating me already. She has just completely fallen apart after Edward has left, and honestly, I'm getting really tired of her whining and her just, like, I don't know. I just feel like she's being so dramatic. They were together for less than a year, and yes, it was, like, an intense first love relationship, but I feel like I went through one of those, and I was dumped, and I was fine within, like, a month. Um, so I just, again, I feel like this is where I'm having a really hard time relating with Bella. She is very much showing that, like, she's 18 or 17 right now, and just as a 21-year-old, I am not understanding her emotional processes and all of that nonsense, but at this point, she's, like, super depressed. She's been depressed for months. There's literally one part in the book where it goes, like, October, November, December, and it's just, like says those words. I'm, I feel like those are on separate pages, but I'm doing the audiobook, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, but she's just, like, super depressed. She's not doing anything. She's not, like, doing anything bad. She's going to school. She's going to work. She's getting good grades, but Charlie's, like, fed up with her being so sad and so out of it. He's like, I'm sending you back to your mother, and she's like, what? No, I love Forks now. I never want to leave. And so, to kind of throw him off the trail, she decides to go to the movies with Jess, and at the movies with Jess, she runs into those guys that were in Port Angeles in Twilight that were kind of, like, stalking her. I don't know if they were going to attack her, rape her, what was happening. Um, but she saw them, and she started walking toward them, and then she heard Edward. And she's like, oh, maybe if I do stupid things, he'll show up. And so, I like, like I know that's what's going to happen. I've seen the movies. I know that she's going to continue engaging in reckless behavior, and I just feel like it's silly. I don't hate the book so much this time around as I did like at the beginning of Twilight so I guess that's positive. So as you guys can probably tell from that check-in I'm not overly thrilled with New Moon but I feel like I went into this book hating Twilight as a whole a little bit less than I did when I went into Twilight when I went to the Twilight first book. I feel like I said Twilight too many times that I need to clarify what was happening. <laughs> Any true Twihard would have followed that perfectly. Okay. But for those of them that haven't read it or were like you and were biased against it, the clarification is probably well 
well appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with your assessment of Bella. She's a little over the top. She's, uh, honestly, in this moment, I almost feel like she's a little more melodramatic than Edward is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ugh, like, honestly, like, what the hell, girl? Like, why? Like, this also, in a weird way, makes me question, like... Is this how her mother behaves, like, when a man dumps her? Because it kind of sounds like her mother kind of dated around after her Mm, her and her father. Yeah, Yeah, after they got divorced. Like, is this the example that she has seen? Is that why she's being so melodramatic? Because, like, this is not a normal reaction to being dumped. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I've ever thought about her reaction as potentially similar to that of her mother's. And it's I didn't interesting. know until just now. <laughs> and it's interesting that you, yeah, but I've, like, loved these, well, I did, I loved these books for so long that you would think that I would have thought about that, but I honestly haven't, and that probably is true, because, mm-hmm. I don't know, Renee seems like that type. Yeah, I don't know, I just feel like as I was reading through these chapters and seeing her so, like, utterly broken over this guy she was with for less than a year was just so unrealistic to me. I mean, I was raised to, like, not need a man like if you get dumped like yeah it hurts and you can wallow for a little bit but you know you got to get back up and mm-hmm. try you have to live your life I was gonna say get back on the horse but you don't necessarily have to date again but <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I just feel like I was having such a hard time reconciling Bella's behavior with like the situation yeah I don't mm-mm. I don't think you can reconcile her behavior with it a, because we've never fell, fallen in love with an immortal being. True. <laughs> I don't know. I just still, still think it's a little ridiculous that after so little of time, she was willing to give up everything and become a vampire. Yeah. And the fact that, like, after Edward leaves, like, I can understand, like, maybe a month of her being, like, super sad and kind of depressed. Like, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like maybe she should have gone back to, like, human things like her human friends and like she has like a job and or is it just like everything is like ruined now because she knows that there's this whole other world it could be that everything is ruined ruined because there's this whole other world but i also think a portion of it is just that their presence in forks was just erased so completely it was like he was never there like it never happened yeah and like their love story had never been a thing Plus, I mean, with us, when we get broken up with, it's not like the entire family uproots and leaves. True, that's true. Which I mean... But then you wouldn't have to see them anymore. I mean, that's true, and that'd be amazing. But also, she was... At this point, she was a part, like, of the family. Like, true. her and Alice were really good friends. Her and Jasper were, like talking like they were like acquaintances as well as like Rosalie and Emmett Mm -hmm. and I mean Carlisle and her had developed a friendship Mm -hmm. so it was more than just losing Edward it was it was more like losing a future it was losing the entire future she'd like planned for herself that makes a little more sense but still I feel like it's I mean it's still an over dramatization Mm -hmm. but also like wasn't just the relationship that she was losing yeah that's true Mm -hmm. I don't know I feel like when I get hurt or I'm feeling sad or something like I'm always like on to the next thing and she was just like stuck in that mm-hmm. wallowing place for so long so I feel like that's another reason why I just couldn't mm-hmm. relate to this part of the story a whole lot and I think another thing is like how you mentioned in the Twilight episode where when her and Edward got together she kind of 
pulled away from all of her human friends, all of her human things. And I Mm -hmm. think, like, in part she did that so that when she became a vampire, it would be easier and she wouldn't feel that. But also, it's harder to go back to all of those things after you lose, like, Edward and the family and everything. Yeah. Because you've been so distant from everything that it no longer, like, you feel like you no longer belong there, but where you did belong is no longer available. True. So, I think it was also kind of a loss of identity a little bit. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, And, you know, I'm going to save that comment for the next little bit after this check-in. Do you have anything else you want to add before we go to the second check-in? No, I think that's all I have to say for this first part of the book. Okay, let's hop into the second check-in, guys. Alright, guys, I am now 50% of the way through New Moon, and it's slowly picking up, but again i'm just i'm a little bit bored so at this point bella has found two old junky motorcycles on the side of the road and she brings them to jacob to fix them this kind of rekindles their friendship and they start spending more time together bella starts like slowly hanging out with her like normal school friends as well um she kind of tries to set up this like group movie thing but only mike and jacob show up which is kind of awkward because they're both like kind of crushing on her and have feelings for her but neither of them wants to admit it and Bella doesn't really feel the same about either of them um but both Bella and Mike get really really sick during this movie date um Mike gets sick like at the theater and Bella gets sick as soon as they get home Jake says that he's feeling a little bit weird um before he heads off but he leaves Bella and just brushes it off so at this point Jacob disappears and can't be reached she bella is able to talk to him one time and he sounds super sick so bella is going like a little bit crazy because she's really been relying on jacob to kind of pull her out of that depression pull her out of how she was feeling um and so she's trying to get in touch with him she's trying to see him she can't find him so she's really annoyed she just tries to hike out to the meadow that she went to with edward and twilight jacob was supposed to be there with her but obviously he's not because he's MIA. While she's there, she runs back into Laurent, which is scary because Laurent is like kind of murdery. He was supposed to go hang out with those vampires that don't kill people, but apparently he decided he was not about that. So he's back. Um, and the werewolves actually show up to save her. So like, that was cool. Um, I was happy that they kind of introduced werewolves because at this point I was just like super bored with Bella whining about Edward not being there and being like super depressed. I also want to note that I really don't love that. I just don't love how Stephanie Meyer is portraying Bella's reaction to Edward leaving. Like she's dealing with some like serious mental health stuff here and I just feel like she could have portrayed that much better. Like, I feel like if I were to read this at a younger age where maybe I didn't know as much about mental health or taking care of my mental health, maybe I would think that this is normal or that I shouldn't seek help for this or that doing incredibly reckless things was the way to cope with this. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. The werewolves show up, Bella goes home and she's like terrified that Laurent is going to kill her father and Bella is totally fed up with Jacob avoiding her. So she goes and stakes up out his house he shows up and he looks like super grown up and different and like tough and it's kind of standoffish to her um and Bella obviously goes home she's super upset Charlie's freaking out because she thinks she's going to spiral Jacob then sneaks into Bella's room to apologize for his behavior and she he's like trying to tell her what's going on with him but he can't actually tell her 
but she actually does end up guessing that he's a werewolf so honestly you guys at this point I feel like it's just barely picking up but I'm kind of ready to be done with new moon as well so um um, I mean, obviously, like, you watched some of the movies, so you already knew that Jake was going to be a werewolf, but were you at all surprised by, like, how they did that and, like, how he no. became standoffish and everything? Not really. I feel like, I kind of felt like when Jacob was becoming a werewolf or whatever, I felt like he was kind of playing the Edward card again where he, like, stayed away and was just kind of avoiding her and that just kind of really irritated me because I feel like Jacob is just good inside and he's not Edward and he like hasn't well I mean he's 15 so you would think that he wouldn't be I think he's like 16 at this point oh is he now I think so still I feel like he should I think not he's have, had a birthday since Twilight he should not have more emotional intelligence than Bella or Edward <laughs> this is true yeah um I don't know I wasn't like super surprised i don't i feel like i can't remember how that happened in the movie i feel like i remember him being really sick in the movie but i don't remember them being like apart for very long but i could just be misremembering things um i don't think they were apart for like a really long time but i know like in the movie she continuously calls him and calls him and calls him and then like his dad tells her that she tells her that he has mono and he can't have any visitors and stuff and so I think they play the mono card for, I think mono lasts up like to a like month. a month or something. Yeah. So I think they play that card for at least a month. Yeah. I vaguely remember the mono thing because when I was reading this, I was like, oh, he's going to say he has mono, but really he's a werewolf. I remember that part. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I wasn't super surprised, impressed. I don't know. I feel like it would have been almost more interesting if Bella was there to witness him becoming a werewolf. Because then I feel like, because I feel like the way that vampires and werewolves are portrayed in this book, I feel like vampires are definitely portrayed more as, like, the evil ones, or the more, what's the word? Not, like, gory, but, like, violent, almost, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. wild ones. Whereas I feel like if she had seen, like, Jake becoming a werewolf at first, maybe she would have had, I mean, I don't think she would have freaked out either way, but I feel like it would have put them on more of a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I feel like it kind of would have put them on a little bit of a more level playing field. Have they discussed really how all of that works yet? Like, how they become werewolves and why they become no, werewolves? No, I don't remember if it's... I don't think it's in this, like, portion of the book. I think it might be in the next 25%. Okay, so we'll we'll wait to discuss that until we get there, until after we've heard your reaction to that part. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think that... Jacob becoming a werewolf was definitely an interesting development yeah, for their friendship. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm just like watching this scene from the movie in my head and he gets like all pissy because he sees the scar from when um James like bit her and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like that, like he sees it and he's like, You already know. <laughs> it's like <gasps> In the book they don't reveal it like that. I think it's just I feel like I remember him just saying, like, oh, what's the scar from? And she's like, oh, nothing. Or she makes up some excuse, like she ran into a light pole or something. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in Twilight, he thought the whole, like, um, Cold One story was just, like, an old, tiny myth kind of thing that had been passed down through his tribe. Mm-hmm. Not really anything important or whatever. 
and now he's kind of like seeing the truth in that and stuff so I think that's definitely like an important it's very character developmentally important for Jacob and I just I love Jacob he's he's adorable he's like he's my favorite part of this entire book yeah I was glad they brought him back because I feel like he was just like a blip in the first book Mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought there was supposed to be this big like love triangle, and there was like not a whole lot of that in the first book. Yeah, in um, Breaking Dawn, there's an entire like, because Breaking Dawn is split into three parts. So the first part is from Bella's point of view, then the next part is from Jacob's, and then the last part is from Bella's. Mm. So I really, really love. I just I really love Breaking Dawn because of that reason, because it's like you actually get someone else's point of view and stuff. Mm-hmm. But. We're not there yet, so... <laughs> we'll get there. I just need a little break. <laughs> yes. Let's, um... Any more thoughts? What was your thought? Like, when was the last time you read Twilight, is my first question. Or, uh, or this book in particular. I think, because I hate this book, honestly. Like, New Moon's just... It's the worst one out of all of them. And so I typically end up skipping this one. Like, I'll, like, skim a few things for, like... Just to, like, remember, like, the particulars. But... Mm-hmm. I think the last time I read this was probably, like, early high school. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask you, like, what's your reaction to Bella's, like, how they deal with Bella's depression in the book as an adult? Because, like, as an adult, I feel like this was not the correct way to handle it. Yeah, from your little check-in thing, um, I actually was 12 or 13 when I first read this book, so I kind of did think it was just, like, a little... Like, obviously... I didn't think it was totally normal, and I obviously thought the recklessness was ridiculous, but I also thought that that's how you reacted if you were kind of truly in love with someone. Like, I felt like the overbearing depression was just a part of, like, a normal, like, breakup when you were truly in love with him. Like, if you weren't, like, overwhelmingly sad when you guys weren't together, then it wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't true love. That's exactly <laughs> my issue right there. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, I got over that and stuff, and, like, obviously, I don't think that now. But, but at that age, you were... But at that age, I was like, oh, so this is what a normal... Like, this is what a real breakup looks like. Interesting. Yeah. No. This is what a high school breakup looks like. No. <laughs> Not quite. I'm just kind of glad I didn't date that much in high school, because that would have been an interesting thing. Obviously, I don't think I would have still believed that in high school, but I think there would have been this, like, little part of me that was, like, still romanticizing Twilight at that point. <laughs> I don't know. I think Twilight's always going to hold a special place in my heart, even though I see all of the relationship issues and character flaws Yeah, I feel I'm a little nervous for you to do one of my YA Rewind picks, because I feel like you're going to tear it apart, and then I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> well, see... With Twilight, I already knew, like, I've already, like, reread, we rewatched, and, like, I already, like, recognize all of the issues. Like, there's, oh, Eclipse is just, you're gonna have a field day with Eclipse. Oh, I'm great. just gonna let you know, you're gonna have a field day with Eclipse. And even, like, Breaking Dawn is much better in the fact that if you just read Breaking Dawn by itself, it's, like, a better depiction of an actual, like, romance, an actual, like, love story kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the rest of them just are, like, Aladdin with all of these flaws because Edward wants to control everything. Yeah. And he wants... That's another issue that I have with this 
like series especially since some people read it like so young like I feel like especially in the first book it was like I mean I complained about it there it was like Edward was like mildly stalking no he was disgusted with her at first and then he was like mildly stalking her and then he was like oh I'm gonna give you some scraps of attention and Bella was like why I'm in love no like that's not a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship no like the first three books do not depict a healthy relationship at all and I feel like there's no redemption of their relationship either really there isn't there is absolutely no redemption of their relationship period from the end of this book and how it happens to how they transition to the third book like there's no real discussion about the fact that he just up and left her there's no anything yeah even like in the first one where she like went off on her own there's no discussion about the fact she went off willingly and almost got herself killed yeah this book does not depict any type of realistic or healthy relationship at all. Yeah. And I feel like once... I I don't know. I wanted you to read these purely for the sake of the ability to talk about them and mm-hmm. how, like... And just for, like, this simple reason, like, they're not that healthy. And once you read them as adults, I think that's an important thing to discuss. Yeah. I honestly don't think I'd let my children read this. No, absolutely not. Like, I feel like I had good examples in my life or, like, someone telling me what a healthy relationship should look like. But for someone who doesn't, does this, like, how does this affect you? And mm-hmm. is it responsible as a writer mm-hmm. to keep creating this relationship? Because, like, I don't, I guess I don't know the timeline of, like, when Twilight became really popular. Was it, like, popular from the get-go? Was it popular from the second book onward? Or... You know, I'm not really sure because I read them in between the release of New Moon and Eclipse, the movies. Mm -hmm. That's when my cousin kind of got me into them. And I think the movies do a better job of depicting, like, an actual relationship. And they gloss, they remove and gloss over a lot of the relationship issues. Yeah, I feel like I remember the books really have in them. Like, the movies gloss over them. And... When the movies were first coming out, I was really upset by this. Mm -hmm. Like, I was upset that they didn't show all of the relationship building, quote-unquote relationship building, that they did in the book. And now reading them and, like, you know, like, re-listening to them, like, skimming over them and stuff as an adult, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. They, like, cut out all of her horribleness. Yeah. Because I remember my mom got me the Twilight movies, like, all of them, for Christmas think like four or five years ago i'm not really sure why because i'd never shown any interest in twilight before but so i think we watched like the first three i don't think we watched the last one but i remember watching them i don't remember feeling quite as like disgusted with how the relationship was portrayed or how bella's mental status was portrayed because mm-hmm. in the first twilight movie they don't show you all of edward's stalking that you kind of get the hints for or like see in um twilight and then in New Moon, like, obviously New Moon is still, like, bad, but the scene with, like, the revolving, like, um, months, it's basically her sitting in her chair writing, like, emails to Alice, Mm -hmm. and you think that, like, at least she has that connection. For me, she, like, I mean, it's not an actual email. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that when I was watching the movie, because I thought she was, like, actually... No, it's, because... In a portion of it, there's, like, this really little, like, little, like, lowercase lettering that's, like, email did not send. Mm. And sometimes, if you're not, like, looking for that, and if you don't know that's there, 
you don't see it. So she's, like, writing all of these letters, like, all of these emails to Alice, and you think, like, oh, she's coping properly. She's, like, made herself a journal in the, f- like, realm of, like, emails to Alice. Mm-hmm. And I think with that part, I don't know if they do it in the book. I don't think they do. I don't remember reading that. No, but with, like, that part, my mind was, like, oh, she's, like, doing all of this because once Alice knows that she's going to be writing a letter to her, then she can basically read the letter, and so Alice would still be getting them, even mm. though the email isn't active mm. kind of thing. And... I don't think I thought about that hard. I just thought she was sending emails to Alice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. But... Yeah, let's get to the next part. Okay. All right, guys, it is time for my 75% check-in for New Moon, and things are finally picking up. I'm actually kind of starting to enjoy the story a little bit more. Um, So at this point, Bella knows that Jacob is a werewolf, and she's, like, (laughs) very easily accepted that. I mean, of course, she, like, accepted the vampire thing pretty easily, too, so it wasn't a huge surprise there. Jacob really kind of welcomes her into his little pack. His friends like her. They start hanging out a lot more. He kind of treats her like a spy for like all of her vampire knowledge, which is, I don't know. Like I understand why he's doing that because like they're mortal enemies, but also I just feel like that's a little bit icky. I also am very confused as to what Bella actually feels for Jacob at this point because at some points she mentions that like she wishes he was her brother. At other points, she's like, this is much more than, like, a schoolyard romance, so not real clear on what's happening there. Um, The werewolves are kind of patrolling forks, trying to keep Victoria away because um, Jacob has revealed that that's, like, who they've been attacking. That's why they've been running around in the woods. They're trying to keep Victoria away from Bella now that they know that Bella's the target. Bella is, of course, like, super scared out of the blue, Alice enters the picture again. She's visiting because she saw Bella dive off these cliffs. Oh, yeah. Bella takes this ridiculously reckless risk and she dives off the cliffs that are near La Push. Jacob was supposed to go with her, but he got called away because I think they spotted Victoria or had her cornered or something. Um, so Bella goes cliff diving on her own and almost dies. Thankfully, Jacob is there to save her, but it is later revealed that Victoria was actually, like, floating in the water, not floating in the water, but she was in the water at the same time Bella was, so, like, um, holy crap, that would be so freaky. Um, but anyways, Alice shows up, Jacob throws a hissy fit, which is, I don't know, I just feel like it's so immature and ridiculous, I can't deal with it. Um, and Alice reveals that... Edward is gone. He's gone on a little hiatus, and when she comes back, um, Jacob gets a call, or he picks up a call from the Swan's phone, and it is Carlisle, but it's not really Carlisle, it's actually Edward, and he asks where Charlie is, and Jacob says he's at the funeral. So, of course, Edward, being so incredibly dramatic, is like, oh my gosh, it must be Bella's funeral, not Harry's funeral, who has actually died. And so, of course, he, like, spirals, which, like, this is the most dramatic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I just, I don't, (laughs) those are not normal reactions to being rejected or losing someone that you love, in my opinion. Um, So, of course, they are racing to go save him. He is currently in Italy. He's going to the Volturi to see if they will kill him, and if they don't, he's going to commit suicide, and that is where I end at this point. So you um you're at 75 percent through the book i am and what is your overall reaction just like one word summation of your reaction to the book at this point 
Well, I have three words. It's better than Twilight, the first one, <laughs> but not by much. It's better than Twilight was actually four words, my dear. What, what is it? <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> I feel like, again, that the first, like, 40 to 50% of this book could have been chopped in half because it's just so much, like, boring, humdrum life. And, like, yes, it's contributing details to the story, but I feel like I've read countless other books where they convey all of that information in much fewer pages, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, do you think the fact that we've kind of transitioned to more adult books contributes to that because adult books don't have, for lack of a better word, as much fluff as I feel most YA books do. And I feel like most YA books have to deal with character development and aging and how Mm -hmm. they're doing with the whole, like, growing older aspect much more than, like, normal, like, romance books that are more of an adult Mm -hmm. uh, main character simply because they're dealing with maturing and everything else in YA, whereas most of the adults kind of know who they are and know what they're doing, so you don't have to have as much character development. True. I feel like, yes, to an extent, but I read, like, a YA novel over the weekend, and I felt... I did not feel this way about it, you know? Like, I felt like there was some stuff missing, but it was mostly, like, PG-13 touchy-feely stuff. (laughs) You know? Yes. Okay, so I know that we've kind of gone over her, like, mental state and such, Mm -hmm. and I feel like her jumping off of the cliff was very, very reckless and just more indicative of her mental state. Yeah. And, you know. I I don't know. I just feel like Bella's lost her mind, and Charlie is not watching her closely enough. Like, he knows that she is not okay in the head. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Bella does really good at putting on a front for Charlie, though. But isn't it revealed... Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I finished the book at this point. It's. I feel like it's revealed at some point that Charlie, like, knows that she's not okay, but he's just kind of letting her process, letting her be, or no? I mean, I feel like in the beginning he was attempting to let her process and let her be, but after they have that little blow-up about sending her to her mother's, I feel like she starts trying to put up a front and trying to act like everything is okay, and then... And spending time with other people, like, with Jacob and, like, kind of her human friends. Mm -hmm. That does help a little bit. Yeah, so I feel like... I feel like I'm not mad at Charlie, simply because this is only, like... I don't even think she's lived with him for a full year when she started all of this, and... He's been, like, a part-time parent for... He's been a part-time parent for so long that he can't really judge how well she's handling this Mm -hmm. because if she's going back out with friends, if she's doing things, if she's hanging out with Jacob, that's all stuff that she was doing before Edward left. Mm -hmm. And so since she's not in that same, like, depressive stage of staying in front of her computer and such, I feel like that really is basically, like, oh, she's back to normal habits, she's back to normal patterns. True. And he doesn't know and can't see from her body language or from other, like, indicative clues that, you know, her mom might have seen. Yeah. Or not, because her mom's, like... This is true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I really enjoy, like, her relationship with Jacob right now, other than the fact that he's, like, kind of using her for vampire information. As I mentioned, I don't, I don't love that. Like, I get why he does it, but, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't love that. Um, but I kind of love that, like, we get to see a little bit of the pack and kind of, like, how the werewolves function. I thought that, I mean, I thought that was fascinating with, like, the Cullens, too, and the Cullen family, so I like that at this point in the book we're getting more of that supernatural aspect back in because I feel like maybe that's part of the reason why I didn't love the first chunk of the book too because I feel like there's not as much of that supernatural pizzazz mm-hmm. and I feel like okay maybe this is my great book Twilight then I feel like when I know there's supposed to be some supernatural stuff happening and that it's not happening and it's taking so long to happen and that's when I get irritated and I have and I lose patience for the book and the storyline I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And then, what did you think about Alice kind of just showing up? Honestly, I'm a little upset with Alice. I feel like her and Bella had this friendship outside of, like, her and Edward. And I feel like, well, Alice can see the future, well, parts of the future. So I feel like she probably knew, like, what Bella was going through. Mm -hmm. Like, even just as, like, her friend, as someone who knew her and how much she cared for Edward. I feel like she knew how or had an inkling of how Bella might react and there was no checking in there was like see that's something that. that I've always been very very irritated with Alice as a character because she comes off as this like very caring individual and such and then my kind of implication my like understanding like what I believe is that when Bella was writing those letters to Alice it was basically like Alice could see and read all of them Mm -hmm. and so for Alice to continuously like not show up ignore her and everything and basically just come and show up when she thinks Bella's committed suicide just like if you didn't want that to happen and you were concerned with that happening shouldn't you have showed up and been there long before that yeah and like she knew exactly where Bella's head was at and everything because I feel like she was watching Bella simply because if nothing else, I think Edward would have had her watching Bella mm-hmm. simply because, like, he does love her and he does want to protect her and everything. Yeah. So, I wasn't very impressed by that. Like, I was glad that Alice was back because she shook things up and it was getting more exciting, but also, mm-hmm. like, not, I was gonna say, like, as a human being, that's not great, but she's not a human being, so. She is a vampire, this is true. As, a, as like, a general creature, that's not great. Yeah. So, is there anything else for this portion of the book that you wanted to talk about? Edward is so dramatic. Like, I feel like I have this thought every check-in, and it's something that I say in every check-in, but he is so freaking dramatic. Like, of course he would call the house. I mean, like, it kind of makes sense why he thought Bella was dead, but I feel like that is just, like, such a far jump of a conclusion. You know, mm-hmm. like jumping to such a far fetched, not a far fetched conclusion, but like mm-hmm. that is not something like someone dying or committing suicide is not something that I would just assume. You know, I would want yeah. someone to explicitly state it. Yeah, but he knows why Alice went there. Like Rosalie told him why Alice went there, and that's why he's calling the house. Yeah. So he's obviously thinking that he's planning her funeral because she died when she jumped off the cliff. Yeah. Because. Like, Alice didn't see her be pulled out. She didn't see anything after that. Because she's been with Jacob pretty much since 
like she got pulled out of the water so obviously Atlas hasn't been able to confirm that she's still alive mm-hmm. so I guess that excuses it a little bit but still I mean I feel like his reaction is an overreaction but also like I feel like it's kind of like a believable conclusion to come to Especially because, like, Charlie's the one that would be handling it at this point, because Renee is, like, yeah. not as easy to get in touch with. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I guess I see your point a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still, he's so dramatic. Like, ugh, I don't know. I just can't deal with him. And, like, this last quarter of the book, I just want to smack him. Okay, well, <laughs> let's jump into that last quarter. Give us your reactions. Alright, so, um... Obviously, Edward is going to kill himself, and he's going to the Volturi to have them either kill him or he's going to kill himself somehow there, and so Bella and Alice are racing to Italy to stop him. Alice says that she can, like, see him, try to plead with the Volturi to kill him, and they're like, no, you're special and weird, we're not going to kill you, and so he's like, okay, I'm going to break one of the rules in their city, and then they'll have no choice but to kill me since they're, like, the ruling class of the vampires. Mm-hmm. I just like the way, and the way he decides to kill himself is he's going to stand in the sunlight in this like square courtyard thing during this the day, day of the of vampires blood. I think day of the or vampires day of, day of the blood or something like that so there's tons of humans around <clears throat> and basically the vampires big rule like the only rule that the Volturi really like enforce is don't expose yourself to humans don't create suspicion around vampires and the Volturi, like, pride themselves on living in secret in this city for so long. And so to reveal that they are vampires in this city on the day that's, like, celebrating them or celebrating blood or vampires or whatever would be, like, a major transgression that they would, like, definitely kill him for, probably without a second thought. And I just I just feel like it's so dramatic. Like, you could have killed yourself 10,000 other ways. Why? Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I feel like it's very hard for them to kill each other, because I feel like that's kind of more so, like, documented in Eclipse, but I feel like it's hard for vampires to kill each other, it's very hard for them to die, and so because he doesn't really know a ton of other vampires, aside from, like, Carlisle's friends, which obviously they're not going to kill Carlisle's son, and so I feel like the only way to kill himself was either to basically kill himself, like, set himself on fire and such, or have the Volturi do it for him, so he doesn't really have a lot of other avenues, because while Edward is very, like, set on getting the Volturi to kill him, he doesn't have the constitution to really do the deed himself. Yeah, and I feel like I just need more information about vampires in this world, because, like, we watch the Vampire Diaries and you stake a vampire and they're dead. Okay, so the way for a vampire to die in Twilight is you have to behead them, and I think you have to behead them and burn their body. Okay. Unless they, like, regenerate? Potentially. I have a lot of questions about that. And why hasn't Carlisle used that for medical research, then, if you can, like, regenerate a whole brain or something? I don't know. I don't know if you have... Because... Every time someone dies, they torch the body, so I don't know if it has to be torched or if that's just their way of covering up evidence, Mm -hmm. the way that they torch the bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I do know that they have to be beheaded. Like, you can't stake them because in the Twilight world, they're basically made of pure ice, which is why I have so many questions that we will get to in Breaking Dawn. So many freaking questions that we will tackle when is we that get to Breaking Dawn. Because they're, like, icy? Yes. Because oh. their bodies are basically made of ice. Like, their bodies turn to I need a, vampire a stone anatomy ice. class. <laughs> I feel like we need a vampire anatomy class, or we need, like... The different mythos of vampire novels, and I feel like in vampire and werewolf, and basically whenever a new like paranormal creature is introduced in a author's story, if it deviates from the typical, they're afraid of garlic, they can't see mirrors, they can't do this, this, and this, yeah. from like typical like Dracula or something, I feel like they need to be like, okay, here's a page of my vampire anatomy, here is how they are killed, here is what they are, are yeah. bad at, here is, you know, like even at the end of the series like maybe you don't want to give all that stuff away but like by the second book you should have like a vampire anatomy codex kind of thing yeah i agree because in the front or like in the back or something like a map yes like when you have a map of a territory you should also have like a this is the anatomy of my paranormal creature so we yeah. understand what you're getting at yeah i agree i want a concise report on that <laughs> so basically Bella and Alex. Oh my gosh, I almost called her Alex. <laughs> Bella and Alice. Bella and Alice um, make it to Italy in time to stop Edward. Bella has to like dramatically run through the Italian side streets and find this courtyard and stop him from going to the light. He like already has his shirt off and he's like gonna walk into the light and in the last minute she stops him. But of course the Volturi guards are already there because they've been like watching him because like he's a flight risk right now. And so they show up and they're like, oh, the Volturi want to talk to you now. So we meet the Volturi and we kind of learn a little bit more about them. I kind of think the Volturi are a little bit fascinating. Again, they kind of add that spice to the story that I was looking for for the first 45%. Um, and I think you're going to like Eclipse and Breaking Dawn much more because they, oh, are, much, they are much more like action-based in everything. And there's... I just want you to read Breaking Dawn so bad because it's literally, like, my favorite book ever. Not, like, ever, ever, but it's, like, up there. my favorite book of this series, and it's up there, and I love the movies, and I can't wait for you to finish the books and then make you watch all of the movies so that we can okay. compare them. Okay, deal. <laughs> At this point, we are talking to the Volturi, and the Volturi all have, like, weird... Not only are they super old vampires, but they also have, like, special abilities, like... Um, Aro can touch people and, like, hear all the thoughts they've ever had, which is not- can you hear what they're currently thinking? Or no? Is that why he's so fascinated with Edward? Um, he can hear- he can only hear what they're currently thinking while he's touching them. He has- his ability to read minds is touch-based. Yeah, I knew that, but I thought he could hear, like, all the thoughts someone has yes. ever had. Yes, he can hear okay. the thoughts someone has- ever had plus like their current ones okay um and then there's one character i'll be honest i did not write down their names at this point <laughs> but one of them can like inflict pain on people jane, jane. oh i love jane i love her she's she i love her she's so adorable and dakota fanning plays her and she plays oh, her beautifully yes okay it's jane she inflicts pain and then her brother can actually the way that it looks in the, like, movie Breaking Dawn, because that's when you finally see his powers in Breaking Dawn, is he, like, 
can send out this mist that basically like takes away all of the senses. Cool. And that would be super cool. I love all of the vampire powers in this one. I think that's really interesting. I wish they would have talked about that more. Oh, they talk about it more in like Breaking Dawn. Okay. So I just need to read Breaking Dawn. (laughs) Basically, you just need to read Breaking Dawn because that's where everything (sighs) is answered. Okay. Like everything. It's, It's I love it. So we're introduced to the Volturi, and they're like, we're going to kill Bella because, like, she knows about vampires, and that's literally, like, the one rule that you're not supposed to break. And Alice is like, wait, 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 she's going to become a vampire. And, of course, they're like, you're just saying that so we don't have to kill her. But then Aro touches her, and, you know, he sees in Alice's head that eventually she does become a vampire in one of Alice's visions, so... They let her go, but they're like, we're going to check on you. So, of course, Edward is pissed because he's like, you're not becoming a vampire. We're not having this conversation. And Bella's like, yes, I am. Or else I'm going to be killed. Blah, 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 blah. They just, I don't know. They just have this continual back and forth on that that I just find deeply irritating. (laughs) So, they go home. You and me both, sister. You and me both. (laughs) So, they go home. Charlie is obviously furious because Bella literally took off with, like, no warning. He was, like, off dealing with, um... Henry, Henry's funeral? Harry. Harry's funeral. Harry's funeral. Harry Clearwater. Harry Clearwater. Um, his funeral. And so he, like, says all these mean things about Edward. He's like, you can't see him anymore. And Bella's like, we're a package deal, dude. I'm 18. I'll move out if you don't let him come over. So they have that little spat. Um, and then Edward comes back to Bella's bedroom once she, like, takes a little nap, because at this point she's been up for, like, 48 hours or something ridiculous like that, so she's, like, barely functioning. Um, and so then they start arguing again about her becoming a vampire, and so Bella's like, okay, you know what, we're done arguing, we're gonna put it to a vote, so guess what she does? She drives herself to the Cullen's house, it's, like, the middle of the night, and of course they're not asleep, but, like, still, um, and she's like, okay, we're voting, who wants me to become a vampire? Everyone raises their hand except for Rosalie and Edward. Edward, because he just doesn't want to corrupt Bella's soul, and he feels like he'll be turning her into a monster, um, and then Rosalie just says that she voted no because that she wishes someone would have stuck up for her and said no for her when she became a vampire. Yeah, see, the only thing with that is, like, Rosalie... I don't know, Rosalie as a character irritates me because obviously she wanted... Like, she wants the human experience. She wants to grow old. She wants to have children. She wants to do all of these things. And, like, I get that because I want to do those things too. Like, I wouldn't take the opportunity to become... Well, I take that back. (laughs) I would become immortal as long as both me and my significant other could become immortal at the same time. And we could still have children. And, like, they would end up being immortal as well they reached you know that's a tall order Jess. proper <laughs> maturity because i do not want to bury my children obviously mm-hmm. but like i get that but also like she was <sighs> no i won't tell you how the circumstances of her becoming a vampire but basically everyone in oh, wait, i already know how she became a vampire you already know yeah i listened to the book bitches episode Okay, I did that, like, four months ago, okay? Okay. Well, basically, every one of the Cullens was on their deathbed. What is happening outside tonight? There's been more traffic on the street tonight than I've heard, like, the entire time since you've lived here. (laughs) 
Yes, that is A, because it is, I don't even know why, but the window is open, so, yeah. Okay, Okay, so basically, whenever the Carlisle turns one of the Cullens, they are on, like, death's doorstep, and that's why he turns them, because he sees something in them, and it makes him, like, want to turn them. Mm -hmm. So, Rosalie takes for granted a lot the fact that if she didn't become a vampire, she would have died, she would have never met Emmett. She would have never had this great love story that they have, and this great love that they have for each other, and that irritates me with her as, like, a character, because she's very, like, dismissive, I feel, of Mm -hmm. their love, and honestly, I don't know how her and Emmett don't have more fights about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like that would be a bigger issue in my relationship if I was immortal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they take a vote, they vote yes, and then Bella turns to Alice and she's like, okay, I'm ready for you to turn me, and Alice is like, I can't turn you right now. And she looks at Carlisle and she's like, Carlisle, could you do it? And he's like, yeah, I can do it, no problem. But Edward's like, wait, whoa, 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 let's, let's slow down. Why do we have to turn you today? Why do we have to do it right now? And so I think they, like, go outside and have a little conversation or he takes her aside or something and he's like, what is becoming a vampire worth to you? Is it worth five years, one year? Is it worth going to college? Is it worth, and he's naming off all these different things that like are the human experience or whatever. Um, And she's like, no, I don't want to wait. And so finally they settle on, he will turn her in one year, but she has to marry him. And she's like, I don't want to marry. He's like, you have to marry me. She's like, no. (laughs) And like, thank God Bella like I don't know. She was like, yeah, let's go get married. I feel like I would have no faith in her brain power, in her having, like, a somewhat of a sound head on her shoulders. I'm sorry. What? Okay, not brain no, power. No, 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 You're okay with her wanting to be turned into a vampire and wanting to spend the rest of her life with Edward, but him wanting to marry her before he does that is the, he, that's the crazy thing? I'm a child of divorce. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I feel, okay, so here's kind of I how I view it. to value the, like, old school values of Edward wanting to marry her before he, like, changes her life completely. Ugh, okay, fine. Like, would he you get some wanted, brownie points for Would that. you have wanted Edward to be like, okay, you don't have to marry me, like, we're not committing our lives to each I other? I just like, feel it's like... Not- like, yes, if she becomes immortal, her and Edward have the opportunity to be together forever, but that doesn't mean that they will be. You know? What if she finds another vampire that she likes, or a different human? Okay, so she, they're going to have this, like, big sweeping love story, and then five years after she becomes an immortal, she's going, <laughs> she's gonna break up with Edward for some other immortal or some human that she's going to have to then turn and bring into the family? Like... Can you imagine the awkward family dinners at that? What is she gonna do? Go be a lone vampire? Like, no! Sydney! I mean, like, I She's think, joining the family! I see your book logic, but also child of divorce logic. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think we're just gonna have to agree to, or disagree or agree. I can't talk. Disagree. What's agree the thing? Disagree. Yes, yes! <laughs> That's what we're trying to say! Oh my goodness. Like, I see, like, yes. In an ideal world, they will be together until the end of time, and they will be so blissfully in love, and it'll be great, but, like, what if? (laughs) Well, by that point, I'm sure they'll be on their second or third identity, because they don't age. 
Why are you yelling at me? And it wouldn't- So, so you're saying that marriage doesn't mean that much anyways! I am saying <laughs> that their marriage means something in this incarnation of their identities. It means a whole fuck ton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, so they're arguing about this and they go back to Bella's house and they wake up Charlie and then Charlie's like, girls, Edward here and... Then they have to have, like, visiting hours because, like, Charlie's upset. Oh, I mean, like, honestly, like, this is the most parenting move he's done the most parenting time. he's done. Yeah. The entire time. So, I don't blame him for this at all. Um, and then, so, like, they can only see each other during visiting hours or, like, Edward will pick her up from work or whatever. Um, and then they're coming home from work one day and he notices that Bella's motorcycle's in the driveway. Which, obviously, that means that Jacob has been there, and Bella hasn't been able to reach Jacob. He's not been returning any of her calls, because he took her, like, going back to the Cullens as, like, a betrayal, because basically he said that if she's friends with them or with Edward, they can't be friends, they can't hang out, they can't have a relationship. I mean, obviously, if they can't have a relationship, she chose Edward, like, I don't. Well, like, a friendship relationship. Seeing Jacob. I wanted her with Jacob. I wanted her to kiss Jacob. Oh, I agree. He's so much better. Like, he's, he's so, so sweet. Much better. I love Jacob. He's and not he's hot like, and cold. He's dependable. Yeah, like, he's actually there for her mm -hmm. all of the time. Mm hmm. And he's not trying to, like, convince her he's the bad guy. He's not trying to convince her he's the villain and that she shouldn't love him while still, like, coming back to her. Like, I. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, she should pick Jacob. But, um, this is kind of like a, I don't know if it's the nail in the coffin of their friendship or whatever they had going on while Edward was gone. Um, but obviously Bella's really upset because now Charlie knows about the motorcycles. He's gonna be upset about it because she's being so reckless. Um, but basically they see the motorcycle in the driveway and then they drive past because Edward can hear Jacob in the woods just beyond her house. And he wants to talk to her and Edward. And basically when they're in the forest, Jacob is like, I just want you to know that we're going to enforce the treaty. And as soon as you bite a human, like, we're going to kill you. Your whole family. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much where I leave it off, right? Is there anything else? At the I don't end believe there? so. Nothing important, I don't think. Mm -mm. So, overall rating of this <sighs> book. What did I give Twilight? Did I give it like a two? I don't remember. I think I give it like a two. I give this one like a two and a half, two point seven five out of five. Mm. Why? It's better because I feel like the action started a little bit earlier, but also like it was still so slow in the beginning, and I just think that Edward and Bella are very dramatic. Also, I didn't love the whole like Romeo and Juliet parallel in this one. It just felt very forced. If I remember correctly from reading, I think in the acknowledgments of the books, she actually says that their love story is based on um, different, like, Jane Austen novels, oh, like Jane Austen and Emily Bronte novels. Um, 
I thought the only reason I thought it was Romeo and Juliet because like at the beginning of the book they're like watching Romeo and Juliet on her birthday and then yeah they're watching it in like lit class yeah um and then like in the middle like Edward thinks that Bella's dead so he's gonna kill himself like that whole situation was very reminiscent yeah. of Romeo and Juliet yeah but um because her favorite like Bella's favorite is Jane Austen I think in the acknowledgments of one or multiple books the love story and like the events are kind of loosely related to I think one of Emily Bronte's works and one of Jane Austen's works would that make me like this book more would things make more sense if I read those I don't think so but also I have been trying to like get myself to listen to the audiobook of Pride and Prejudice for like six years did I read Pride and Prejudice? Did I watch? I feel like I watched the movie of Pride and Prejudice. I feel like I've watched half of the movie and fallen asleep, but also... I liked, I liked the movie. That's the one with Mr. Darcy, right? Yes. Yeah, I liked that one. I thought that one was cute. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Overall, I didn't hate it as much as I hated the first one, but honestly, after reading these two, I need a couple weeks before I read any more Twilight. I just need a break. <laughs> I need to take a pause. I need to read, like, I don't know, more action-packed books. Because I just felt like this was, like, sucking the life out of me when I was reading these a little bit. Not so much. <laughs> that sounds really terrible. That makes me so sad because I love these books and I've read them multiple times. It's one of the few series I've actually reread. I just feel like forcing myself to read this when there were other books that I wanted to read more. Okay. It was also not helping. So we're just going to let you get through a few of the books that you are super excited to read, and then we will dive back into Eclipse. Yes. I'm actually kind of excited to read Eclipse and Breaking Dawn because you said they're so much better. They are so much better. Like, Twilight and New Moon are, like, the beginnings, and they set up a lot of, like, their characters and stuff, but they don't have that much action. Whereas Victoria is, like, the main, like, they have actual, like, villains in Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. So Victoria in Eclipse has basically created a newborn army. And you'll understand why a newborn army is, like, so horrible in the next book. Mm -hmm. And, like, she's trying to, like, kill Bella again. Like, she's trying to come back to and, like, kill Bella and the Cullens and everything and take them on. And it's, like, this, like huge battle at the end and it's great and I love Eclipse. Maybe that's why I don't love Eclipse, or not Eclipse, Twilight and New Moon as much either because there's no real clear villain until like the last 70% of the book. Yeah, because you know? there's no, in New Moon there's straight up no villain at all. It's basically yeah. I mean just, like lightly Victoria. <laughs> it's like, like lightly Victoria, like Laurent and Victoria are thrown in there a little bit. Yeah. But like there's no legitimate there's nothing for them to overcome it's basically just internal relationship fighting and such that's why it's so boring for new moon and it's not very interactive it's not very action-packed and twilight is basically just their love story like mm -hmm. coming together and then you have like the burst of mm, what is his name james james you have like that burst of james in there and you have, like, the little, like, bear attacks in Twilight, but there's yeah. no real, like, threats. There's no real, like, action. And I feel like that's what draws me into the paranormal romance books so much. Because I love mm -hmm. that there's 
like not only relationship building and like those cute little cutesy romantic moments Mm -hmm. but there's also this underlying action plot and this sense of urgency in the book that that's what makes me rip through books like this normally Mm -hmm. but since twilight doesn't have that i just feel kind of Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just kind of, like, I feel like Twilight's, like, a lazy river in other, like, I'm reading, um, Serpent and Dove right now. Is that what it's called? I think it's yes. called Serpent and Dove. Um, I'm rereading that one right now, and I feel like that one's, like, rapids, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, river rapids. <laughs> yes, but, like, Twilight, and, because you have to remember, this was Stephanie Meyer's, like, debut series, debut novel, like, this is her first work, mm-hmm. so she's still, like, getting the whole, like, plot, like, thing down pat like you said twilight's very very slow new moon picks up like a little bit and eclipse i feel like she finally kind of hits her stride Mm -hmm. and kind of finally figures out how a plot is supposed to move along and i'm excited to see the difference between these first two books and your reaction to eclipse and especially your reaction to breaking dawn because if you tear about (laughs) tear apart breaking dawn like you tore apart these first two I'm gonna straight up cry. <laughs> no, I want to love them so bad because you love them, but I just don't. <laughs> I'm trying so hard, Jess. <laughs> I feel oh. like I'm straight up cry. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna straight up cry if you hate Breaking Dawn as much as you like hate Twilight and New Moon. It has to be better. Because, like, honestly, like, I see the flaws in Twilight and New Moon. Like, I can even see a few in Eclipse, but, like, Breaking Dawn is. It's just, like, this masterpiece. That I love so much but like I'm gonna leave it there okay I think that's enough for today's episode <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you guys stay tuned to not only hear my thoughts on the rest of the Twilight series but also the rest of Jess's thoughts on our other YA rewind, rewind episode uh, series that yes. follows Anna and the French Kiss and the following standalone novels that kind of follow Anna's friends. Yeah, it's kind of, they're all like lightly interwoven. You get little sprinklings of the other characters from the other books in there. So, yeah. I hope that you guys are excited for that and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>